Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Bradley J on their control. We're listening at dawn, and our radios are tuned to ten thirty. In our cars, it's locked on W B Z. Hello, who are you reaching? Affirmative, I read you. What are you talking about? This conversation can serve purpose. WBZ, you're Jay talking. We're live midnight to five. I'm going to need your help later on in the evening. I need your advice on a couple things. For real, I'm not. It's not just a, a ruse to get you to call. I actually need your help. But first, I've come in contact with a very interesting person. Don Hyung Kim is uh, from the Harvard Belfer Center, a thing called Korea Project. It's a professor at the Academy of Korean Studies, and the reason, well, one of the reasons, he's here is to talk about this event, this incident that took place in South Korea with a Korean pop band and a T-shirt with nuclear implications, I guess is the tease way to do it. Thanks for coming in. Well, good evening. Good evening. So can you explain what happened? Talk about this band and the incident. Sure. Uh, first of all, thanks for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Uh, second of all, I just want to start by saying that my views are on my own. It does not reflect any... Um, Views of, views of the organization I am affiliated with. So to answer your question, so the BTS, the renowned K-pop star here um, in the U.S. BTS in, is a Korean pop band? It's a Korean pop boy band. Boy uh, band, okay. Yeah, and they're really popular here in the U.S., back in South Korea, Japan, China, and Asia at large. Um, there was a case, there was a case when one of the members of the BTS wore t-shirts and with a photo of nuclear bomb with a mushroom cloud and it and the and the t-shirt it read patriotism our history liberator liberation korea patriotism our liberation korea and so how would you decipher that what does it mean so is addressing the image of the, the nuclear device from the Korean point of view, because the World War II ended with U.S. decision to drop two nuclear bombs in Nagasaki and Hiroshima in the August of 1945, Korean perception of the nuclear weapon at that time is that nuclear weapon is a liberator of South of Korea under the colonial rule of Japan. So yes. All right. So they have a very fairly positive view of nuclear weapons yes in uh, 1945 we were under under the colonial rule of japan for 36 years in a row right um and people were not happy about it and we we're looking to be independent 
and U.S. and Japan ran into war each other. But it was a prolonged war. There were so many casualties mm -hmm. through the both both side, and the war, uh, the fight over Iwo Jima, was even more vigorous. And there were so many U.S. casualties. It was an island in, in Japan, not the mainland, so it was nearly impossible to imagine how many people would be would have to be killed. Um, if if there were a case where U.S. has to. Uh, do an amphibious landing on the Japan Japanese mainland. So Korea, all Korea, I guess, uh, since it was one Korea at the time, feels like the bomb is a liberator. And that's what it said basically on the T-shirt. In the T-shirt, yeah. And what but, did, why did that cause such an uproar? So from the Korean point of view, this somewhat could be legitimized. But from the Japanese point of view, this is horrifying for some reasons. One, um, there are many innocent civilians in Japan and also over hundred, over 10,000 10, Korean uh, men and women who were recruited to work in Japan at that time when the bomb was dropped, when the nuclear bomb was dropped. So the notion of having, the notion of praising the nuclear weapon is disturbing in the era of 21st century, where the norm on the nuclear weapon is not to use it, and for sure not to use it, um, in a sense. So the t-shirt that is, some, in a sense, um, sublimely praising the use of nuclear weapon is disturbing to the Japanese people, uh, who, whom of their many citizens were, were perished during the war. So while there is an underlying more positive feeling about nukes because it resulted in liberation. As in the modern age, the attempt is to be politically correct and kind of play that down. And so this image of the shirt on this extremely influential K-pop band is disturbing because when, when this insanely influ influential group gives that message, it sticks. That's absolutely right. That's the... It's a problem of message plus the messenger. So it's, as you have pointed out, because the messenger is so powerful that it has so many fans all over the world, the fact that they're delivering a message that nuclear weapon is, in a sense, a good thing is troubling. I'm trying to think how that would have broken, broken down or um, things would have turned out if someone had worn that shirt here. It seems like over there... It, it's a bigger deal, I guess, because Japan's right there. What kind of uh, fallout was there, and were there any negative consequences for the band? So, Vifeng Ungren, who is the postdoctoral fellow at the Managing the Aiden Project in Belfort Center Harvard Kennedy School, who wrote the initial article in the Bulletin of Atomic Scientist, according to Vifeng Ungren, he mentioned that after, in the aftermath of an initial reporting about the nuclear t-shirts by the BTS, the Japanese broadcasting companies, they have to, they had to cancel the BTS coming to their show and, so, and other, other Japanese uh, radio stations and, and broadcasting stations because it was such a horrifying image that they, they had to cancel their, their any shows related to the BTS. And there were huge criticisms inside the Japanese society. So BTS again is the band and Japan canceled the concert and radio stations declined to play them. 
Oh, yes. And is that still ongoing? Are they still in the doghouse, as they say? So I cannot certainly testify about the current situation, but this created a huge, huge uh, impact on on the BTS, especially in the Japanese community. Okay. Let's continue with our excellent guest, Don Hyung Kim. And talk about first North Korea and Kim Jong-un. And you have a... I guess the thing to to ask, to try to understand the way he operates <coughs> with his nukes is what he fears. What does he fear? So what Kim Jong-un fears yep. is for him to be not able to rule his dynasty, the North Korea. Kim Jong-un is the third emperor of the country of North Korea, from his grandfather Kim Il-sung to his father Kim Jong-il to himself. For North Korea, their national security is centered toward the physical security of Kim Jong-un himself. You, you pointed out prior to the show that unlike in the United States where there's the country and separate from the country are the leaders which rotate the country and the leader there are inseparable. They are one in the same in the eyes of the North Korean people. If the leader is gone, then the country's gone, correct? In a sense, yes. That's a characteristic of a totalitarian dictatorship country. For example, in the United States, God forbid, but if there, if there were some unfortunate cases of that happens to the president of the United States, same thing happened with the President Kennedy, but it did not harm the spirit of the United States, or it did not lead to the collapse of the country of the United States of America. But in case of North Korea, if there were to be a coup attempt or an assassination attempt or a regime change attempt, especially with current North Korean capability, whether it's in nuclear weapons and missile capabilities, we cannot guarantee that its neighbors will be safe if there were to be any serious provocations so to, if the, something to happened the threat to, Kim, to the North Korea. If something happened to Kim Jong-un, and even, even though they didn't know what the source of it was, their neighbors would be in danger? Yes, and that's what North Korea wants us to think. Mm-hmm. So North Korea has, has a capability of detonating its nuclear weapons. We don't know how many exactly do they have as per nuclear warhead, but the intelligence, U.S. intelligence community estimate is between 20 nuclear warhead and 60 nuclear warhead. So hypothetically, they can send 20 nuclear warhead to South Korea, 20 nuclear warhead to Japan, and 20 nuclear warhead to the United States, continental United States. Do you think that they have some sort of doomsday situation that would automatically trigger this if something happened to the leader? So I don't know how North Korea looks at their doomsday version of scenario, but there has been some writings um, in the U.S. side. So Jeffrey Lewis, he's uh, from the James Martin Nonproliferation Center in Monterey Institute. He recently, last year, published a speculated novel about how nuclear war could happen in the Korean Peninsula. So 
it started with South Korean commercial airliner shot down by the North Korea by a mistake, leading to South Korean retaliation of Kim Jong-un's private residence with South Korean missile capability. And Kim Jong-un perceived it as an impending U.S. attack to the DPRK, North Korean soil, because he's, he, doesn't, he cannot distinguish whether it is a one-time missile strike mm -hmm. to his residence or a full-scale invasion, starting with a strike on his private residence. So in the end, Kim Jong-un decided to launch his nuclear weapon to Seoul, Tokyo, and continental United States in Washington, D.C., and, and Florida, where the Malarago is. This is a hypothetical novel. However, Kim Jong-un operates under the assumption that if there were to be any attack that he perceived as an impending U.S. invasion to the North Korean territory, he's ready to use his nuclear weapon. How about this scenario? What if some natural cause kills Un? Is it possible they would perceive that as a poisoning and launch a nuclear attack? So when you say natural Let's cause... Let's just say he dies and no one really knows why. With, with the paranoia level there, is there something set up where he, he may have told them, look, if something happens to me, they did it, launch the, the weapons? So that's a good question to the North Korean nuclear command and control, that who has a button on the nuclear weapons launch pad? As of today, what we can tell is that it's only Kim Jong-un himself who can launch the nuclear weapon during the peacetime. Really? But I said peacetime because in, in crisis, Kim Jong-un cannot completely rely on his own hand right? because he knows that he's a target. Right. So for you, for Kim Jong-un to credibly threat that if you attack us, North Korea, then we will retaliate with our nuclear weapons. There has to be someone else who right. can press the button so to if, launch the nuclear weapon. If he just died of unknown causes, that could be construed as a crisis. And the command and control team might have instructions, because what does is, what is Kim, uh, Kim Jong-un care? He, he's gone. What is he, why not let him loose? So it's less likely, in my opinion, that if Kim Jong-un dies out of a natural cause, that either his nuclear commander or commander-in-chief, okay. second line in commander-in-chief, second line in command, excuse me, will launch a nuclear weapon out of confusion. So once North Korea, whomever starts the nuclear war, or whomever, be it Kim Jong-un or be it number two, number three, number four, once they, once they launch their nuclear weapons to Seoul, Tokyo, or Hawaii, they're inviting nuclear retaliation. Yeah, and, they, and they've already shot their entire arsenal. They better just go down into the bunker. So it's almost a suicidal act to launch your nuclear weapon first, unless you're completely sure that there is an impending attack. So for North Korea number two, who will have his hands on the nuclear button to launch a nuclear weapon because Kim Jong-un died all of a sudden. Right. That's too much of a risk. Too much him. of a risk for that, I see. But what we do not want 
is for Kim Jong-un to push his nuclear button when he's alive based on a misperception mm -hmm. that there is an impending U.S. invasion or U.S.-South Korean invasion. We have to recognize the fact that North Korea has a nuclear weapon tw between 20 and 60, and they have a delivery capability. They, have, they can deliver it credibly to Seoul, South Korea. They can credibly deliver it to Japan. And with some potential failure rate, they can deliver it to anywhere in the, U in, in the continental US. So what we do not want is make any scenario where Kim Jong-un is more incentivized mm -hmm. to press his button on its nuclear arsenal. So, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. So the messages need to be very clear all the time. Does that mean that the, the tweeting of the president is kind of dangerous because it, it sometimes gives one message and then another message. If he started tweeting on that subject, even if he's just being political, they might feel threatened. So it's, it's important that the president doesn't do that. And he probably shouldn't ever tweet things about Korea, correct? Well, from the Korean watcher's point of view, President Trump mentioning Korea in his Twitter account is a good thing. Okay. Because it means President Trump is paying attention to the affairs of the Korean Peninsula. However, any rhetoric regarding the nuclear weapon has to be well exercised. Right. Um, I hear emphasize the word well. So during the peacetime and during the crisis, signaling is a critical part of communication. So if you do not communicate at all, that's also a fast track to the miscalculation mm -hmm. and miscommunication, okay. misunderstanding. But too much of a communication is also dangerous. In so you want you want a good level of communication and it's consistent messaging. Consistent messaging when it especially comes to the nuclear weapon, right? Because of its destructive power. In hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. The Cold War, the Russians were convinced that many, uh, many, well, a few occasions that we had first strike on our mind. And it, in, I guess it's kind of a yes or no question. Is that how North Korea feels? Do they feel that they are in danger of being the victims of a first strike at all? So that's a counterforce strike in nuclear strategy terminology. Absolutely. 
So always the inferior nuclear power, they always fear the counterforce um, by the, its enemy. So if you look at the number of nuclear warhead that U.S. and Russia has and versus North Korea and, and United States, United States has more than a so 10,000 nuclear so warheads. They should worry. We, we do have a call from Adam in Brookline. Are you ready? Don Hyun Kim, our guest. Oh, yes. Okay, Don, uh, Don Hyun Kim is from the Belfast Center over there in Cambridge. Let's talk to Adam in Brookline. Say hi, Adam. Hi, Bradley. Hi, Don Hyun Kim. Uh, hi, Adam. I just have, hi, I just have two uh quick questions and I can take the answer off the air, but um, the, the first one is my understanding, which is very limited about uh, North Korean history, is that during the Korean War, the U.S. really essentially flattened most of North Korea, including, you know, civilian areas. So the first question um, is, I mean, my understanding is based on that, that the whole North Korean population, including the leadership, really has little trust of the U.S. based on that. Um, so that's one question, if you could comment on that. And then the other one is, um, I've been wondering if, if you think it's in China's best interest for us to be adversarial and to have this kind of deadlock with North Korea, because if the entire, entire Korean peninsula became essentially a capitalist, sort of more like South Korea, would that be sort of worse for China than the current situation. So those are really the two questions I had. Thanks, Adam. Okay. First, attitudes towards the U.S. based upon potential bad feelings from World War, from the Korean War. Sure. Um, Adam, as you mentioned, you're absolutely right. The lack of trust is the most critical issue that prohibits U.S. and North Korea to reach a deal. Each side has a different story. So for North Korea, it's the U.S. who always walk, walks away from the deal and does not keep the promise, freezes their asset in Banco Delta, Asia, and does not honor the promises of the Clinton administration which when, is all sort of true. when Bush came in, which has a good ground. From the U.S. point of view, it's always the North Koreans who violates the international law, international treaty. North Korea walks away from the NPT, Non-Proliferation Treaty, and North Korea conducts six nuclear tests in violation of UN Security Council resolutions. So absolutely you're right that the lack of trust is the biggest issue in between US and North Korea at the moment. And the other question concerned China. Would China consider, basically, uh, I believe, would China consider North Korea a competitor if they democratized and capitalized? Sure. So. On your question about whether China, it is China's best interest to have a U.S. and North Korea in an adversarial relationship, to an extent, yes. The Chinese emphasis on its national interest in the Korean Peninsula is always number one, stability. What Chinese mean by stability is practically no war and no serious conflict, no physical conflict between South and North, no physical conflict between North Korea and United States. It is partially because China and North Korea has a military alliance, Chinese only ally in Asia and in the world. 
is North Korea. And if North Korea were to be in a military conflict with the South Korea and the United States, because South Korea and the United States is an ally, then China's hands are tied and China is going to pull, pull together. They're going to get pulled in to the Korean Peninsula and China fears as of right now with their cap current capability to go one-on-one -on -one with United States and fight, fight and win the war. So for China, definitely, they, they don't want the United States and South Korea and capitalists dominating the Korean Peninsula. But for them, their priority is the stability in the Korean Peninsula, which means that United States and North Korean relationship has to be managed to a certain level. Is North Korea, is China the primary trading partner with North Korea? And if, that, if it opened up, that would cease to be the case. Yes. So North Korean trade with the ex, uh, North Korean exports goes to 90, nine, over 90% to China, a few percent to Russia, and some to, some to the... Uh, it's mostly so it's 90 per, more than 90% goes to China and rest of them majority of the rest goes to the Russia. So the status quo kind of benefits China. Well, it's hard to say that Chinese are benefiting from a trade with North Korea only because Chinese China is such a economic powerhouse in the world that the portion from the Chinese point of view their economic engagement or economic benefit from North Korea. Not that big a deal. It's not that big a deal. Okay. Let's talk to Frank in Boston. Frank, you are on WBZ with Don Hyun Kim. Well, thank, thank you very much. Um, most countries, most superpowers don't want a, a, a country on their border having nuclear weapons. And, and with that being said, how how do we not know that these nuclear weapons are really the Chinese nuclear weapons that they've stationed or uh, make it seem like they're North Korean nuclear weapons, but in reality, they're Chinese nuclear weapons. Hmm. And that, you know, China does, because I can't see how China really would let a, a, a country on its border have nuclear weapons. Russia never did. We never did. We almost went to war with Russia for trying to station nuclear weapons on our border. Are you saying that you're wondering if the, the weapons in North Korea it, it, are really Chinese weapons? And they said, here, you can borrow our weapons to, yeah. so that everybody thinks you have your own? Hmm. Exactly. Right. Okay. I mean, they could, they could easily stage a nuclear um, explosion in China with, or in North Korea with one of their bombs, and we would think it, 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 it's North Korea's bomb. All right, let's get an answer on that. Thanks, Frank. Go ahead. All right, uh, Frank, thanks for your question. But if you think about, think of it this way. So say you're the, you're the Chinese and you developed your nuclear weapons um, out of your poverty, out of your dire situation, which Chinese did. So you invested huge amount of money and resources into building a nuclear weapon. Only nine states out of over 190 states in the world has the nuclear weapon. So if you're the Chinese, would you like to lend your nuclear weapon to the world's most <laughs> unstable country? Plus they could, yeah, they could reverse engineer and get technology, uh, steal the technology. Absolutely. And there are ample evidence uh, 
on more on the scientific background, there are ample evidence that North Koreans indigenously developed their nuclear weapons program and missile program, uh, partially thanks to the AQ cotton network from the Pakistan. But North Korea did indeed develop their nuclear weapons by themselves. It is a North Korean nuclear weapon um, intelligence community with high level of confidence judges that it is North Korean, not not the Chinese. Interesting. Excellent answer. By the way, you mentioned that the North Koreans might have 60 deliverable weapons. Isn't that more than we were hearing like about a year ago? Wasn't the number like two or four or something like that? So earlier last year, the U.S. intelligence community, if I remember correctly, were estimating that number of nuclear warhead that North Korea currently possess would be in between 10 and 40. So the reason why number of nuclear warhead of North Korea uh, increases on an annual basis is because North Korea never stopped producing nuclear fissile material. It has never been on the agenda between President Trump and Chairman Kim, nor Chairman Kim and President Moon of South Korea. Shauna in Melrose, which is a town next door. How are you doing, Shauna? Good. How are you? Great. Um, well, I have a question, and it's about the it's about North Korea, and I wondered if there's anything that that would behoove um, Kim Jong Un to shut those um, North Korean prisoner of political prisoner camps and actually pr political prisoner cities down? Would there, is there anything that could make him do that? Okay, good question. Any any motivation ever for that sort of thing? A let's anything. Let's find out. Thanks for that question, Shauna. Okay. What do you think? All right, um, Shauna, thanks for your question. I think it's a million-dollar question that we all want to know the answer for. It is a will of international community that North Korea shuts down its prison camps. A hor hor horrifying, horrifying crimes are committed there. President Trump admitted it. Um, international community, United Nations organizations admitted that it is a horrible violation of basic human rights. But we have to recognize that the system of North Korea, the fear that totalitarian dictator Kim Jong-un himself injects to the, his public, that's the source of his power. Without the fear to dear leader Kim Jong-un from his public, he cannot sustain his power. So as much as I wish that he shuts down the political prison camps of so many innocent people, to me, it's hard to conceive that Kim Jong-un will voluntarily shut down his mm -hmm. prison camps. The reason Kim Jong-un and his predecessors are able to operate the way they do operate is because they have complete control over information to the people. They do not have the press. And that's why it concerns so many people that this president demonizes and tries to delegitimize the press and bypass the press and have people hate the press. Isn't it the that same press that keeps 
any country, including the United States, from being like North Korea and having prison camps like North Korea, in part? Well, good question. The freedom of press is the cornerstone of democracy. The biggest difference between the United States and North Korea is that U.S. is a democratic country, whereas North Korea is a communist dictatorship. So while I am sympathetic to the argument that President Trump is endangering the freedom of the press, the situation of the press between North Korea and the United States is completely different. Well, it is completely different. But it does seem as though the president's efforts are to get... In the best of all possible words from the president, it would be like North Korea. It feels that way. And he does, he seems to do what he can to make it that way, even in small increments when it comes to the press. I'll defer to defer to your judgment. But, <laughs> That's the, uh, not a good idea. But a good anecdote uh, <laughs> for North Korean freedom of press could be that there is a censorship to start with. Uh-huh. So if you write something and if you want to publish something, you have to pass it through the ministry, uh, the ministry in charge of the information distribution. Yeah. So, for example, you and I having this conversation right now will not go live unless we have the uh, unless we have the two go sign from the higher up. And so, we would probably have handlers all around us listening. So that would be the with difference. guns and devices to deli- you know to bleep out anything we guns say. Guns in your head. Now, final question, I guess, is we hear that there's we're going to negotiate, and we hear that you know our country is going to get North Korea to give up their weapons, but that's what we try to do. And we wring we wring our hands a lot, and we talk about it. But in, as I see it, there is no way ever that that would happen, and to think otherwise is uh, na- naive. Correct? Uh, isn't is it possible they would ever give up their weapons? Because that's everything to them. That is not only the security of the regime, but it's a money maker for the regime because with those weapons, they're able to squeeze the U.S. and squeeze the West for money and other compensation over and over again. So it is hard to imagine that North Korea will give up its nuclear weapons in near future or in medium medium future. So I am I have to confess that I am very pessimistic on the future of North Korea without nuclear weapons. But during the Cold War have we ever conceived of the collapse of the Soviet Union or have we considered that the Soviet Union will fall apart and the United States will be the sole superpower okay in the in the 20th century so while we're while we could be pessimistic we have to work hard on diplomatic approaches based on a military strength the to, Soviet thing was not diplomatic efforts that was just caving in from within is that the hope for north korea 
So the defeat of the Soviet Union or the collapse of the Soviet Union per se is not only the economic effort, nor only diplomatic effort, nor only military effort by the United States and its allies. It's a combination of everything. Okay. So there is some value of continuing to try and that effort in conjunction with perhaps internal economic factors and other factors might have a positive effect. Absolutely. In that positive note. Yeah, that's good. That's a positive note. All right, good. I feel a little better. Hey, thank you very very much for, for coming over. You uh, are at Harvard's Belfer Center over there in Harvard Square, right across the street from Charlie's Kitchen, home of the double cheeseburger. And it's still only like, I don't know, six ninety five or seven ninety five. Yeah. They're not great, but they're cheap, correct? Yeah. <laughs> and it's right beside Falafel. Is it Falafel King? No, not Falafel King. There's a Falafel place right beside there that's also very good. I love it over there, and you're very fortunate to work over there. I am. Thanks for coming late at night, uh, and you really brought a lot to the, the program. We really appreciate, appreciate it. Folks, it's Don Hyun Kim from Harvard's Belfer Center, a professor at the Academy of Korean Studies. I didn't even have time to ask you about life in Korea or how to get there or what to do when you get there, but we can do that another time perhaps. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.